Christmas and welcome to So You Think That Was Good To You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan and I'm joined by Sam and Carl and together we are the hosts of... We are the hosts of... (laughs) We are the hosts of Christmas Podcast. Why couldn't I get that out? Unaccountably. (laughs) Merry Christmas, boys. Uh, To what extent are you jingling on a scale of all the way to not at all? I've barely come to terms with the fact that it's December, let alone a few days from Christmas, so I'm unjingled. Nice. Utterly. Same. Ooh, an extra long silence from Paul for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking, oh, well, after that intro, everyone's gone, so we can just talk about whatever we want, yeah? Yeah. Spaz boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for context, I don't have any beers this evening. My lovely friend Liam, who's a listener to this podcast, bought me some moonshine. And I was drinking this. Uh, casually throughout the evening, and I thought, this isn't hitting me. And then I tried to speak all in one go, and it's hitting me quite hard. <laughs> when Bought you say you he or made yeah. you, is that some actual commercial homebrew. moonshine? So it's only 20%, okay. yeah. but it's 40 proof. It's only 20%, but it is 20%. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> so, what's the 40, 40 proof, proof means of? 20%. So Liam doesn't have a friend, just a bathtub full of fermenting potato skins then. That's not what's happened here. Well, he might do, but it's unrelated to this jar. Yeah, 40 proof goes up to 200. Percent goes up, obviously, to 100. I don't know why anyone uses proof, because it's literally just percent times two, but... So it's 20%, but it's 20%. Lovely stuff. Well, that's why I'm going to be all over the place. I thought I'd get my excuse in early. It's also very sticky, so... um... But I don't think that'll affect you. <laughs> I hope that doesn't. <laughs> I assume that you're sticky for these anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will release on Christmas Day, boys. And continuing now our quadrilogy, we have done another Christmas movie. And we did Scrooged 1998, starring Bill Murray and a bunch of other people. If watching four movies makes it a quadrilogy, yeah. we've watched so many movies now. What are we at? What elegy are we on? What are we at? 89 elegy? Well, it's like eight proof. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> 178 proof elegy. <laughs> proof elegy. Sam, check that maths before we carry on. I'm not going to check that maths. going to assume it's bang on. Excellent. I just realised I've forgotten to get a plot synopsis. So instead <laughs> of finding one in this I mean, moment... The I'm plot synopsis say, is, it's Christmas Carol. This is Carol. Christmas Carol, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you've seen Christmas Carol, which we assume you have, this is this movie, but with an added layer of, it's also a man, Bill Murray, Frank, putting on a production of Christmas Carol whilst he is being Christmas Caroled. Yeah. And if you if you haven't seen Christmas Carol, don't watch this. Watch <laughs> that instead. Watch Muppets Christmas Carol, which is better in every single way, and there are Muppets. <laughs> There are Muppets in The Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. I assume you've both seen that. No. Of course. You haven't. No. But I have read... Why are we not doing that? I have read A Christmas Carol. Okay, well, I've not read A Christmas Carol. We've got all the bases covered. Very highbrow. Yeah. Well, it's a great book, isn't it? Because it's like 60 pages long, so you can add another book to the number of books you've read this year in a day. (laughs) Watching this film, it dragged so much that I would not have guessed that the story it is eventually based on was only 60 pages. No, the script was not 60 pages. That, I think, was easily 140. Uh, I don't know. I'd say the script was about two pages, and then they just said, Bill, just do a Christmas carol as best as you can from memory. Just improv, yeah. <laughs> on page one, the words, a Christmas carol are written. On the second page, Bill Murray do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You've busted ghosts. I'm sure you can be visited by them. <laughs> They clearly thought, we don't really have to write much for this. It's We're just doing the Christmas Carol. We can half-ass our way through this. We don't have to explain the concept, because they'll just get it. We all know the classic Christmas Carol character of Elliot Loudermilk. You don't have to tell me about him. <laughs> of course. Him, him and his shotgun make Christmas for me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, since you've mentioned him, this is the guy, Elliot, Elliot Loudermilk. 
which I had to double check that that is actual, isn't it? Actually, his name. By double check, do you mean you, you made it your username in this chat, so we answered the question for you, <laughs> as, as your name is was his name Louder Milk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've double checked with us, so it's probably like not a full. I try to check. make my name topical for each of these episodes that we do, and this time I couldn't really get over the facts that they called this guy Louder Milk. But even putting that name aside, even if he had a normal human name, I don't know about you two, but I fucking hated this character. He felt like an insert of a famous comedian where you just go, it's that guy, I'll watch him in anything, except I don't know who the fuck he is, and I don't know what he was doing. Apparently he he is, or was, a stand-up comedian. I've YouTubed some of his stand-up. It's more of this, except more screechy and it's it's just him with a microphone screaming into it as far as i can tell sorry for any elliot louder milk or whatever bobcat fuckboy's name i don't know what his name is sorry for any fans of his but it's awful shite i was watching this on amazon prime and was checking the names and it says elliot louder milk bobcat goldthwaite and I didn't know. Goldthwait, I didn't know it. which was the actor's name and which was the character's name, and assumed Bobcat Goldthwait was a play on Bob Cratchit because there are so many yeah. Cratchits in this fucking film. <laughs> it's all Cratchits. <laughs> One more point on this character. He really reminded me. You might disagree with this. Of John C. Riley, who okay, is yeah. from Step Brothers. I'm assuming you. Yeah, you know who that is yeah. by name. The comedian who's in various sketch shows and stuff, who always kind of slurs his words a little bit and speaks a little bit like a toddler. That was this guy's whole character. I thought the only reason they hired this guy is because they had their heart set on Rick Moranis and then got the closest lookalike to him possible. <laughs> Rick Moranish, if you would like. And because oh. he quit, thank you. He, I think he quit acting around this time to look after his children because uh, his wife passed away. Because he shrunk them. Oh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, they just went with this dude. Uh, but yeah, all over the place, screams the entire movie, and not the only one. Bill Murray also screams this entire movie. Yeah, but I don't think you can judge anyone for screaming. <laughs> I'm uh, scaring off the the weaklings who come in thinking this is like every other <laughs> podcast. No, <laughs> we shout. Oh, <laughs> only steel eardrums for this podcast. <laughs> I said Merry Christmas, what more do you want? Why don't we try a new podcast on Christmas Day? <laughs> Has anyone uploaded today? Podcast. I'm going to try out my new earphones. <laughs> Guess I'll get some more next year. <laughs> don't need them anymore. But yeah, we've, I mean, we've said that this film is basically the Christmas Carol. We usually give a rundown of the plot. It is basically a Christmas Carol, except the other side of it is that Bill Murray plays... Basically, the the dad in every other Christmas film, the bad corporate bloke who's bad with Christmas and is, you know, just a bit grumpy and very capitalist. And a lot of movies do that. They touch on that. He reminded me a lot of the dad from Elf, uh, <laughs> who's just this like, yeah. I'm Mr. Business. I'm so corporate. Except in this, it's the whole movie. Yeah, the major flaw of this is that he never really changes until the last second. And I'm sure we'll get to that when we reach the end, but it's so dumb why there's just a sudden flip-flop. Well, it's because the movie has to end. But he and most other people in this movie are, and this isn't very Christmas of me, cunts. Like, (laughs) there is no reason. Like, the the theme for all the movies we've done, apart from maybe the Santa Claus, which kind of had to be based at Christmas, but none of them need to be at Christmas. Even with the ghosts of Christmas, past, present and future in this, there's no need for it to be a Christmas tale because they could have been the ghosts of having been a cunt then, being a cunt now and going to have been a cunt later. Like, there's no need for the Christmas theme. (laughs) No, it's true. Yeah. I think in the original film, in the original film, in the book, in the story, let's say. In the 60 pages. Change throughout the 60 pages. He changes, I think, sort of gradually as he becomes a bit more humble and becomes a bit more understanding 
and a bit more giving. There's none of that in this. He is a cunt the entire time. <laughs> and then in the last two, three minutes of the film, he has what seems to be a coke-addled mental breakdown <laughs> yes. where he screams into a camera, Merry Christmas, a few times. And we're meant to be like, oh, good. That's that, nice. that finale is what a narcissist thinks a nice person is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's been a cunt his entire life, and then... <laughs> and he's going to have been a cunt. But then finally gone, oh, I should be nicer. And instead of going, I should be nicer, just takes the time to go, we're all wrong. We should all be nicer. This isn't my fault. This is all of us. Yeah, it's like, you bastards at home watching this... It's like, no, 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 none of that, just you, just you. Everyone else in this film is fine, mostly. A, a lot of his ending speech is just, how dare I put on a TV show at Christmas Eve? How un-Christmassy. I don't think you learned a Christmas <laughs> yeah. carol yet. Bring the ghosts back. <laughs> Wait, have you not seen Christmas Carol? <laughs> he doesn't do anything nice for anyone at the end. He just tells everyone we all must be better now because I've learned a lesson. Yeah. And the wrong lesson. He thought it was putting on a TV show. <laughs> See, this is what I don't get. Is what, Why did they go for a TV executive as this awful person who's taken advantage of people? So all he does is put on shit TV. He puts on shit TV, but Scrooge was a moneylender who took advantage of poor people. All this guy does is he put on crap TV. I don't get where the yeah. how they equate. I mean, this is the 80s when there were cunts on Wall Street everywhere, but we're doing TV executive, and I don't know why. For no other reason than it fits in with the trope of Christmas films of the period, where they're always in this job role. It's just a, a build-your-own-Christmas movie, this, but also with the element of having another Christmas movie to draw from, which they also get wrong. It's Yeah, it's it's usually... I think a lot of the time it's people in sales. I think yeah. in... Um, what would it have been? In The Santa Claus, he's selling toys. In Elf, he's selling books. Yeah, and like Mrs. Doubtfire, where the, the mum is like in some weird marketing job as well, and she, she comes off as this brisk, not-caring woman... Even though, as Cole pointed out in a recent episode, it's because the dad doesn't have a job and he's doing fuck all in the house and he's fucking inviting animals around and stuff. He's an immature, emotionless sponge. <laughs> just like fucking Bill Murray is. Or whatever his character's name is in this. Because this is like the second A Christmas Carol film we've done. And I feel like Wait, the other the one does it one? far better. Hook. Oh, I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Hook does it far better than oh i guess the yeah. movie that really goes out to show that goes on out to show that this is a christmas carol it never really mm -hmm. feels like it hook i feel like hit all the right beats and yet didn't really get a good reception whereas everyone loves this and it's shit i mean no, no i will save my judgment till the end hook, yeah of course <laughs> none of us are giving away what we thought of this <laughs> hook, hook kind of skirted around it and it used it's a bit of a parable and um, in this, it's a guy doing a Christmas carol while also living a Christmas carol. Yeah, and it's very, very in your face. <laughs> and it's like, I'm a bad bloke, so I need to be a bad bloke for all of this. And it's like, he can't, yeah, he can't learn anything as he goes along. And then they had to shoehorn in all the tropes of every film. So he's got to get the girl at the end. Oh, yeah. Mate. And I want to talk way more about that. But whilst we're on this, I'd love to talk about the Christmas carol elements. So obviously these all begin with the Marley figure showing up. And for, for this film, it's Lou Hayward, who is like his previous boss or something. Oh, yeah. Another guy who just put on TV and is now burning in hell for all eternity. And like he has to carry around his golf clubs for eternity just because that was his hobby. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it, yeah, he had a heart attack playing golf, so now he can never stop playing <laughs> golf. And this made me wonder about like the Christmas Carol multiverse in general, because there are so many versions of this film as we've talked about, and they all have their kind of variants of what's going on, but it's basically the same. But who is sending the ghosts and Marley to change this man for Christmas? Like, who's in charge? Who is the person who's, like, really concerned, who's then gotten three ghosts, one representing each period of time, and then also a personalised figure from this guy's history? Who's raising this guy from the dead to go talk his friend into being a nicer guy? Like, I, I can't well, imagine a figure who would... Like, it's not Father Christmas, is it? Like, Carl, got... you've read the book. Who is oh, it? Yeah, oh, yeah, is there <laughs> extra... In the 60 pages, does it mention... Is it the... God or Santa? <laughs> the, the God. <laughs> I assume that it's God. But this is the problem I've had with, I have with both A Christmas Carol and 
this, I guess, just because it's the same story, is just, oh, he's become a better person. But as he, wouldn't we all be far better people if we'd had 100% proof that we will burn in hell for all eternity if we don't <laughs> do good things? If someone put me in a live reenactment of my own cremation with nobody there and then said, be nice or this will happen to you, you will burn, I'd probably be... I mean, that, that feels a bit like coercion. <laughs> he got blackmailed by God. Everything you do afterwards is under duress, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's not really you, because this guy isn't... This guy's bad even compared to the original Scrooge. There are points in this where he just thinks a kid should be beaten and that they should staple ears to, like, fake antlers, sorry, to a mouse's head. And I feel yeah. like they think this equates to the whole are there no workhouses thing that from the original but it's it's psychopathic he's not and yeah. he's not this unempathetic harsh person with a quite bad background he's just an absolute cunt and he's just an asshole scrooge's reason at least is understandable from some level because he loves money he wants to make more money everybody can get that but frank in this he just wants to make tv his way and that is in no way related. He doesn't really care about the money. It's mentioned once in this movie, and it's supposed to be yeah. a kind of revelation where he admits that money isn't everything when the ghost of Christmas present is visiting his brother with him. But it's not been mentioned before then, so it, it doesn't mean anything to us. No, he's, like, Scrooge's background is, my dad was an awful person, and I didn't even get to go home at Christmas. They left me at boarding school. And he was, I can't remember if this is just another version I've seen, but he was molested at boarding school. I feel like that may be like a more modern take on it. Could be. I yeah. doubt it was in the 60 pages. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that took up five pages. It was a bit... <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't come across that money focused. He's just a corporate guy who discovers his love for the stage, I guess, by the end. I think it's more akin to what you said before. Yeah, he just has a breakdown. <laughs> just doesn't care about TV anymore. The one thing he loved is gone, so he has to love a woman instead. <laughs> Whilst we're still talking about the Christmas Carol stuff, I'd love to talk about the uh, Ghost of Christmas past. More specifically, the scene he's in, I don't have a lot of notes on the character himself. I get he was he was wacky, he was a kind of fun addition to this, but I don't think there's much to note about him from my perspective. But did you notice he implied that Attila the Hun went through the same Christmas Carol trials as Bill Murray's character in this? Yeah, I, I, saw, <laughs> I, I, didn't I heard that. that, but I mean, as far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong here, Attila the Hun did bad things, and then did bad things. So yeah. No, do you, do you not know about the saga of Attila the Hun's life where he turned it all around and <laughs> wished everyone a Merry Christmas? <laughs> where he broke down on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meaning this process, which is like, as we've suggested, is enacted by God or at least something else, doesn't have a 100% success rate. Attila the Hun still pillaged and sacked a hundred cities across the world after being shown all of this, his sad little childhood. Attila the Hun, and then a guy who makes TV. Yeah, yeah God they're... picked out. He 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 once once he failed with Attila the Hun, he was like, okay, let's work more small scale. Go smaller. Yeah. <laughs> that means that they just set out 1939 to 1945 and just waited for yeah. a guy making bad tv <laughs> all of the yeah all of the <laughs> the murderers and the the serial murderers and the rapists and the god knows who uh god was kind of going now nah, i'm working smaller than that yeah. there's this one tv exec who gives people t towels for christmas I think it's more of a, a contract obligations thing, because if God did Hitler during World War II, the ghost of Christmas present would get a lot more work than past and future, wouldn't they? Like, the Christmases where you're killing millions of people, you'd see in a lot more of that than when you're a boy or when you're going to be dead. <laughs> That's right, you, yeah. When it's Hitler, you can't really take him to a concentration camp and go, look what you're doing. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> yeah. this. This wasn't the plan. It's today. <laughs> <laughs> but I do worry that maybe we are missing something from watching this in 2023. That maybe TV was considered more influential on people than it is now. Possibly, yeah. For us, it's like, oh, you do not know what's coming. <laughs> 
I guess. Yeah. So much more TV. Oh, it's going to get so much worse. We're going to have the internet in our hands and it's going to ruin our fucking lives. There was probably more exploitation of uh, actors and extras and stuff back in the time that this was filmed. So if it was meant to be a commentary on that, and it, I mean, it barely touches on the mistreatment of the the uh, actors that are in his little stage show. But I'm really giving it a lot of credit when I say that they're shining a light on that. It's weird that he treats a lot of other people in this movie badly, but I don't ever feel like that's the focus of the movie. Like he, It's not like he ever redeems himself in any way with those people. Maybe that's why I feel that. Like, he's horrible to that old woman. Obviously, we see the, uh, the old man he doesn't give two dollars to, he freezes to death. Yeah. But, like, we never see him go out and fix all of that. Unlike A Christmas Carol, he's put back in time so we can spend the whole day fixing everything that he would have done that day. Whereas Frank is plopped back in the exact <laughs> same moment that he sort of started, well, after he started, or after he meets with Ghost of Christmas Future, and he's still in the mess that he's created, which is probably why he has that breakdown, because he's like, well, I've already fucked it all, haven't I? This guy stood and mocked a corpse 10 minutes ago for dying, <laughs> yeah, for exactly. not being as smart as him. Yeah, this is... is the thing. The the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future go around showing him, you know, like, look, your brother on Christmas Day is fine, but really, you could be a bit better. Like, you should probably be there. And look, in the future, things are still okay. It's just, you know, people are a bit more callous because of the impact that you had. And all of this, where... Then he gets sent back to the real world and he gets put next to the corpse that he put there. And then he gets put back next to the guy with a shotgun who he fired and destroyed the life of. And like, this isn't part of the lesson. None of this is part of it. No. He just happens to be put back next to people that he's destroyed the life of. <laughs> Teach him that. You say that he caused the homeless man's death, but that homeless man said, can I have $2 to heat my house? Unless his house is a little sour. Did he say he... heat his house? I thought he said eat. I just caught the word <laughs> eat. I thought that he was just needed food. If he said eat his house, fucking go home. <laughs> Can I have two dollars and a house? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we see his past. And his whole thing is he didn't get... Well, he got meat at Christmas. That's what his dad got yeah, him. But that his, was a butcher. His mum's like this loving, caring parent. But as a result of this, he just gets absorbed in living life through TV characters and TV shows. That's all he did. It's not like... It, it doesn't seem like some terrible thing. And then... No. They jump forward and he didn't fuck someone at a Christmas party because he was doing work. There's a lesson there, yeah. apparently. <laughs> And yeah. then the girl who was handing out pictures of her ass to everyone at the party. Yeah. And he's like, oh, damn, I could have got with her. Yes, you could have got with her. <laughs> Shocker. And then it's just his relationship with Aaron Ellen that he <laughs> fucked up over a decade ago. But in the yeah. book, in the book, there is that love interest. But the whole point is that she moved on. Like He missed out. This decision they made to be like, oh, she waited. Oh, she waited 15 years. And she's still waiting. There is no depth of character to her. Just remove something from She the annoyed thing. me so much. She's not supposed to be waiting. He, he wasted that part of his life. That's the whole point. In the book, she moved on and had kids and got married. Her sticking around for 15 years. It's not supposed to be something he can fix. What he's supposed to be able to fix is the guy frozen in a sewer, but he doesn't get to redo christmas day or whatever yeah no that guy's in the sewer and he leaves oh, yeah, and just wanders dead. back in <laughs> yeah. to see his to see his girlfriend or not his girlfriend his ex-girlfriend from 10 years ago who he walks in ranting screaming at the top of his voice and she just dry in, embraces him and dry humps him as oh, a yeah. hello they haven't seen each other in 15 years and they kiss pretty quickly even though he was a horrible person the last time they met She's shown up and he's shouting at everyone, telling a mum to beat her kid, promoting animal abuse for TV. And she's just like, oh, I've been waiting for you. You called me, I came. Yeah, can't believe you came back. I don't I don't get her at all as a character. Because no. she's not a character. She's just he's, a, a no, plug-in. He's awful. For the purpose of something in this script. He is he, a cunt. <laughs> like, we're supposed to get that he hasn't been redeemed yet. He hasn't reached final lesson but she doesn't know that she doesn't know that there are ghosts working on fixing him on the side 
she's seeing awful him and just going, oh, there he is, the man I waited for. This is a bit of me. <laughs> she, she sees weird, awful him, and then weird, awful him. And then he shows up on TV and tells her, basically clicks his fingers and says, come on. After kissing another woman. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. He gets off with uh, an extra. One of the screw jets. Yes. <laughs> That was, what, four or five of the pages in those 60? <laughs> <laughs> and then turns to the camera and, yeah, just gives it all. Come on. <laughs> yeah, pats his leg. <laughs> <laughs> just to go back a, a tiny bit, but just wanted to see if you boys picked up on the parallels with another film we've seen. It might be a bit far back in the catalogue. But with Frank being brought up on TV and becoming this kind of psychopath a bit later on in life because of it does it remind you of the cable guy with jim carrey where he becomes this kind of in unhinged character because he had crap parents who just left in front of the tv all day there's definitely i mean that was done a lot better in that yeah. film i think yeah. it's not as it's not as clear here i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that we, you could clearly attribute don't know how i pronounce that word i wouldn't say you could clearly <laughs> attribute his personality to what he's seen on TV. He's just a dickhead. Yeah, that, when you watch The Cable Guy, the way Jim Carrey does all that stuff is reminiscent of the older movies he watched on TV. So you can go, oh, that, yeah, you can see how it's influenced him, but he just turned into the worst person ever whilst <laughs> describing his childhood as all these happy things that happened on TV, not realising they didn't actually happen to him, but somehow learned to be an awful person from them. I watched <laughs> Little House on the Prairie and now I'm a prick somehow. <laughs> I mean, his, so his character, I, th I think in the individual scenes, he bounces back and forth between being a kind of wisecracking American hero protagonist, and then he'll suddenly switch and he'll be kind of the relatable guy that you're meant to say, oh yeah, I can empathise with him, and then immediately turn around and he'll be bigwig corporate bastard, mm. just awful to everyone. And I'm not going to give the film the credit to say that he's, you know, absorbed those from TV. I think they're just no, I don't line by line switching his personality to fit what needs to be done or the joke that needs to be made in this second. I think there's maybe a good reason for why it feels so all over the place. Because I mentioned earlier, Bill Murray just shouts for this entire movie. And it's quite, I've put it, yeah. it's like quite stressful and intense and makes it feel even yeah. less like a Christmas Hello movie. and welcome. Uh, yep, sorry. But it's because the director of this, Richard Donner, who also did things like the Goonies, the Superman movies and Lethal Weapon movies, him and Bill Murray had constant disagreements on the set arguing all the time, which is why this is, feels like such an unpleasant watch. There's no joy in it at all because no one had fun fucking doing it. But the note Richard Donner would constantly give would be, I need you to be louder. <laughs> so <laughs> Bill Murray also quite saying that there's like one thing in the movie where I feel like it was my actual input and there was, I think, one scene where he felt like he was being normal. So that was probably it. Yeah, but it was be louder and so he was. That's why he is shouting in every goddamn scene. And he's so big, like the character doesn't need to be that big. And it takes away from any sort of emotional investment in this because he doesn't seem like a real fucking guy. There's a scene where around the middle, I think around the Christmas present time, maybe mm -hmm. just before, where he's walking through the set, down the street and into the homeless shelter. And I swear the scriptwriters didn't understand what an inner monologue was. Because they've taken inner monologue and done very loud external monologue. Because he's shouting his every thought. <laughs> Louder! Yeah. <laughs> I think you've just mentioned it, so now's a good time to talk about Ghost of Christmas Present, if you want. Did you enjoy this? Uh, there was a lot of... The, if the Ghost of Christmas Past was mostly horny jokes... The Ghost of Christmas Present was just slapstick. Yeah, yeah. Also quite a stomach-churning performance. I think her name was Carol Kane. I've re I think she played the Penguin's mother in the TV show Gotham. Yeah, uh, she, That's where piercing. I recognise her from. I don't know if this counts as performance because she's in the most recent series of Star Trek Strange New Worlds and she sounds exactly like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> to be fair, Bill Murray sounds like this except quieter. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we get in Christmas present, we get Cratchit number two, which is his secretary, who she's poor because he doesn't pay her enough. Her husband was murdered in front of her son's eyes. So his her son's now fucked up oh, because of it. He's a, he's a mute. Something later on. So that's now Bill Murray's fault. Oh, because he was supposed to go to the doctor. 
That's what the link there is. Oh, it's all coming together. Okay. But she stopped her from going to the doctor. No, no. She she never said her husband died. (laughs) The ghost of Christmas present says, how did you not know she wore black for a year? Well, she could have said, I guess. Maybe (laughs) maybe say something. Maybe come in and go, I might be a bit distracted. My husband got murdered in front of my son yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't clarify whether that was something that he'd forgotten or if it was never mentioned to him. If I knew someone who just came in to work wearing black for a year... I wouldn't turn to them and be like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your husband. (laughs) That would seem like quite a passive-aggressive judgment of their fashion choice. No, you'd go with, I'm sorry to hear about your washing machine first, wouldn't you? (laughs) That doesn't make sense, because you could still wear other clothes. They'd all just be dirty. Why would you make one black pair of clothing even dirtier than all your other slightly less dirtier clothes, Evan? God damn it. And after we see... um his secretary and he realizes he should do better by her we jump to his brother who's throwing a party and he realizes that his secretary sent him a vhs player instead of a towel which he'd said to get him for christmas and he instantly is just like well she's getting sacked then the the lesson that he learned of i should do better lasted five seconds but isn't his brother proof that this whole our childhood was bad and that's why I'm bad thing is horseshit. Because his brother's lovely and had the same upbringing. Yeah, his brother's just a decent guy. He's a bit older than his brother. I guess that's when all the bad stuff was and then it got good after his brother was born is what the film would have us believe. Well, then he had like 13 years of good. Stop being a prick. <laughs> yeah. He's had two ghosts visit him so far, mate, and he's still being a prick. I don't think this guy learns lessons. <laughs> he's two ghosts down and it's had no effect. This is more general about, again, the Christmas carol lore, but I find the Ghost of Christmas present so funny because the Ghost of Christmas past can go back through time and share memories with people. Like, that's a great lesson-building thing. The Ghost of Christmas future is basically just death, and his job is always to take people to the grave and be like, oh yeah, and then you fucking die and nobody cares, so there's a lesson for you to learn. You didn't die at Christmas, so we can't show you that bit, I'm afraid. (laughs) That would be a good rule. Oh, just the ghost of Christmas deaths. <laughs> well, I like to think that death like needs a bit of extra money at Christmas, so his side hustle is, oh, I find I'll do the Christmas job as well, but they've got to be some dead. Tinsel on. Yeah, I'll do some of the future, but as long as I can show them dying, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> now we need to check if anyone dies at Christmas, because if they don't, you might be on to something here. He is side hustling away. I think they do. I think there's quite a lot of drunk driving deaths at Christmas. I think people, yeah. I think more than any other time of year, people die in the car drunk. At least that's what school art class would have me believe. Because every Christmas we'd have to design a drink driving poster. Did your schools have this? Or what? Jesus, this no. Oh, that's yes, dark. A competition every year. And whoever won out of all the schools in our area, that would be the National Wales poster for drink drivers. Well, I mean, that's quite a big accolade to have, but also a really depressing one. How young were you at this point? Um, how how 13, young were they outsourcing? Like 13. This was that's, high okay. school. Yeah. That's not too bad. I thought if they were getting like seven-year-olds and selling them, you know, <laughs> let's hope daddy makes it home. <laughs> we had to do all the um, 20 is plenty once you see under the signs that have been drawn by kids. 20 pints is... Oh, 20 miles per hour. <laughs> right. Because... <laughs> 20's plenty. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just up in the car. You've only had 20. It's only down the road. <laughs> that is the mind of an alcoholic there. But we had to do that because on a road near my primary school, someone got hit by a car doing 50 and a 30. I don't think that sign would have made them go... Oh, I should slow down from 50 because 20 is plenty. It would be, what did that sign say? I don't know, I'm going too fast. 30 doesn't rhyme with anything. And I've had 20. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so Christmas past can show memories. Christmas future's death shows you when you die. And then Ghost of Christmas present is just, right, so I've got to drive you across town to look at some people you know watching TV and playing games on that. They get no cool powers. It's I just, just got to walk you down the road. Guess where we're going now. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? It's the frustration. Oh, shit job. Another thing about his character, coming back to that, is that, and I don't know if this is just a Bill Murray thing or if it's his character in this specifically, but he's so sarcastic in everything that he says that when he does try to show real emotion, 
I don't get, I don't, I can't tell whether he's being honest. No, no, not everything seems ingenuine in this, which yeah. makes the ending even worse because I, like Culper as well, I don't think he's serious. He's faking it to make it all stop. You can't fix a narcissist by going, you should think of other people. They just can't. No. Even in his, we should do better speech, he just wanted to be the main guy on TV. The end, I mean, okay, so the the we should, the, the big ending speech, unhinged, absolutely insane. I mean, it keeps cutting into like a ultra close up of his face and he's like, he's got these red streaming eyes and he's stumbling over his words. Like this was all one take kind of hyper insane rant. Yeah. He complains that the people watching don't give enough money to homeless people immediately after he ordered, I think, 250 bottles of champagne for the crew of this show. (laughs) Nothing ties together, and it just feels completely improvised. Well, the problem is it's like when Leonardo DiCaprio comes and does a speech saying we all need to emit less CO2 and arrives and leaves by private jet. These people yeah. can't comprehend a normal person's life. We all need to fuck people our own age. <laughs> <laughs> that screw jet was under twenty-five. <laughs> but yeah, he, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't do anything. In, in, at least in the original book, which I've read, it's about sixty pages. He <laughs> he he learns a lesson and goes and buys the Cratchits dinner and ups his wage. And we we don't see him do any of that. He doesn't commit to anything. No. And like we've already proposed, that there's no reason for him to have turned around. The thing that seems to turn him really in the end is seeing his coffin. And in the yeah, original it's all about text, him. Yeah, yeah. Like that makes sense because it's like the end of a long run of things that he's been shown. And it's like, so because you did all these things and the things you're going to do when you die, nothing's going to happen. And that lesson's learned all the way through. But in this, he doesn't care. And then he sees himself die. And then he's like, oh shit. But like, it doesn't look like it's close. His brother looks significantly older when you see his coffin and so does the wife so it's not going to be soon so he thinks that if he's a little nicer to people he's never going to die that's like (laughs) what he infers if if i keep being mean i am at some point going to die but Hmm. if i'm nicer i will become a mortal it's not even like he's sad that no that nobody showed up to his cremation he does not mention he doesn't care about that he just doesn't want to get cremated (laughs) also when he thinks, he, at first, he thinks that it's his brother in the coffin, and he doesn't give a shit. No. In, in the book, he's sad that he's dead because he's like, no, I'm a good person now. I had so many things I wanted to fix. In this, it's, okay, I'll, I'll, just don't kill me and I'll do better. He hasn't learned the yeah. right lesson. He didn't want to go back because Herman's still dead. He just wants to win the girl, kiss the screw jet, yeah. and tell people they, they need to do better. As far as I can and tell everyone else, they need to do better. Herman is still dead. Herman is still <laughs> dead. He is a herman Okay, so this is the weird thing. The camera pans up to some people on top of a roof, and one of them looks like Herman, but it's not that clear whether it is, or if it's just someone who looks like him. No, no, Sam, but he didn't Herman go back is in dead. Time. Can't be. Herman is dead, yeah. He was put back in a moment after Herman had died, because Herman died when Present was visiting him, and then um, Milk Boy... Louder milk. I had to check Sam's name what? in the chat. Milk there. boy. Um, he attacks, and then Future comes, and then he's plopped back in that same moment. Yeah, so Herman is dead forever. He does give Louder Milk his job back with an increased salary. Um, putting even if we assume that that is a good thing, the guy had a shotgun on him. I don't think that's pure altruism. And no one is working at that company tomorrow, regardless of what you've been promised. Louder Milk held up a room full of hostages with a shotgun. They're all going to prison. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we talk about future for a second? Because I feel like this is where it really falls off a fucking cliff in terms of these are the things you will cause if you continue on the path you're on. They're not his problem, really. Your secretary's son will end up in a padded cell if you don't start doing better because he saw his dad murdered and it messed him up. But he has the money to fix it, but so do a lot of people. So him not fixing it doesn't make it his fault. And yeah, like I said, she never told him that this had happened. And and then the woman that for some fucking inexplicable reason is in love with him no matter what will go on to be awful to poor people, even though she runs a charity for poor people because he once said you should start thinking about yourself. If, if, yeah. if it was that easy, then she wasn't really that into it to begin with. No. Claire's, none none so of these Claire things are his fault. And it's like, it's implied that it was, she parrots what he said. That's that's on her. Huh. 
Absolutely. I opened a charity for the poor and then just went, oh, fuck yeah. the poor, because someone who doesn't like poor people said, fuck the poor to me. And for some reason, I love him. Insane. After red flags... I, this movie takes place in less than a day as well. So all day, <laughs> multiple occasions, he has received, yeah. she's received multiple red flags from him. And then watching a man essentially cry for psychological help on live TV. She leaves a job she loves, runs into his arms. And then even though she knows tomorrow he will be jobless and in prison the next day, takes him back is insane. And is a testament to absolutely no women being in that writer's room for this movie. But she left him oh, God, 15 years ago not. because she saw the path he was on and didn't like it. Comes back 1988 and he has become exactly the person she thought he would and has gone, yeah, I guess I want him back then because he's awful now, which I thought he would be and didn't want to be with. Yeah, this this movie is not exactly, it's not exactly a feminist um, Good. power Blue. movie. Pick a it's, word. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that pro-feminism. No. Every female character either shows their nipples or shows their ass or, or falls into the arms of bastard Bill Murray. <laughs> And that's their only purpose in all that. Although one of them does a backflip. But that yeah, apart from that, cool. yeah. that's it. Since we talked about Claire, the love interest, I just want to point out that in that future scene, when they do that close-up of her being all, <laughs> you know, callous, it is the worst cosmetic makeup I've ever seen in any film Full stop. I didn't it's even recognise her. Yeah, I thought it was a different person. She looks like the mum out of the Adams family. <laughs> it's mad. Morticia. <laughs> yeah. I assume this yeah. is what it looked like when they tried to age people in movies in the eighties, but unbelievable. They. It, it's like they. It's well, she looked like a corpse. It's like they'd gone to someone who does the makeup for corpses. It was terrible. Well, to de-age Bill Murray, they just gave him longer, ratty hair. And then kept <laughs> yeah. the bald spot still. So you had the same hair. <laughs> the receiving longer. hairline was really on show. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was just longer at the back. You didn't think wig? <laughs> just extensions. <laughs> extensions of the world's deepest widow's peak. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go forwards or backwards with this? <laughs> Definitely back. He, he must be young. His hair's halfway down his back. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh whilst we're talking about that future bit as well, specifically the mental institution the son is in, what dystopian nightmare was oh, that? It's very Handmaid's Tale, isn't it? Was in like Doom, yeah, close to <laughs> Handmaid's Tale, even a better yeah. example. And for some reason, the corridors of this facility were triangular. What future does Bill Murray cause by being a little bit mean for possibly three to five years until he dies that we change the shape of corridors? <laughs> you made bad TV, so all corridors are wonky now. And that's you your must now fault. walk in the middle and only in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone well past it now, but in that final speech, the... Um... Basically, the final scene of the film. Yeah. Uh, the little boy who I've forgotten the name of, but his assistant, his secretary's son, finally speaks and he says, uh, You forgot to say. To all a I good think night? It was like, to all a good night or goodwill to all men or something. Yeah. Something Christmassy. He puts the kid down and he doesn't say it. <laughs> he just walks off. Because <laughs> like, his kid broke. This kid broke his five year silence to tell you to say that. <laughs> And you went, okay, and fucked off. Kid, this is about me. Whose kid is this? Why don't you pipe down? I, I thought I saw, I thought I told someone to beat this child earlier, and he's still getting in the way. Because someone staples some antlers on this shit. And I don't have anything meaning, meaningful to say about this, but I hated the outro of him, like, there being a song playing, and then it being like a sing-along thing, what he was going, and now the gents, and now the ladies, no, the real ladies. Horrible. Do you think that people actually responded and sang back in the cinema? Oh, I, I think people did, but I would walk out if I was in the cinema where they did. <laughs> Whose boy is this? <laughs> you boy! Whose boy are you? <laughs> <laughs> what a reference to a movie we're talking about is based on. Yeah. Somehow, at the end, we're just meant to assume he, he's going to keep his job, so is the guy holding everyone else at gunpoint, because... Christmas is good, and he said that, so 
He's this now the good guy. Very little to do. There's not even a Christmas the next day where we see him being good. This is the same as uh, Jack Frost. Very little Christmas content in this, apart from the ghosts who happen to work at this time of year. <laughs> he was just on the shift, on the ghost shift, and that's the only reason that this became a Christmas film. Um, well, are we done with that, boys? Please. I was done with this hours ago. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know why you picked it, Evan, to be honest. I will share the messages online. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll round us off with some bad reviews. They are very short, so don't worry. Half a star from RubberDuck79. I'd rather watch my dog get murdered slowly for two hours. <laughs> Longer than the runtime. That's how bad this is. I'll bolt on 15 minutes. I'll, I'll chuck on time. And then half a star from Crybaby. This played in the background while we ate during Christmas, and I just need to express how unhungry it made me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I had something yeah. commented, I think, before the podcast is, broadly, people like this movie. He had a, a look at oh, Reddit yeah. beforehand. Yeah, people really like this. Uh, it shocked me, because I, I I had a quick glance for some reviews, mm. and the average is, it's up there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's good. Classic. And I find it baffling that it's so well-reviewed. Can't be the same movie we just watched. There must be another Scrooged. So many people, <laughs> their reason for liking it was, well, I love Bill Murray. I don't think I've seen enough Bill Murray to know if is this is this just what he's like in all movies and some people just get on board with whatever this is. Like everyone tells me Anchorman is a great film and I turned it off because I don't get Will Ferrell and never have. Oh fair enough, yeah. So maybe I can't I just Will don't Ferrell, get Bill Murray. Fair. Right, I feel like we've already started this roundup. Let's <laughs> let's make it official. Okay. Last one of the year. Carl, so, you think that was good, do you? No, 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 just bad, bad film. He's irredeemable as a person, and mm. you don't want to see him redeemed. I think it's part of the issue. Scrooge, you learn his background, and you go, oh, okay, I wouldn't mind, like, I, I would understand if he could be made a better person, but not this person. And then the ending just feels like a, a stretch, because he's a TV executive, as much as he is a prick. He isn't really ruining lives the way like the way they would need him to be like a money lender so everything is just this will happen if you don't start being completely selfless you're not going to make these people do these things but it's going to happen to them and you could stop it but that's true of a lot of bad things in life if you don't be nice someday you'll be dead <laughs> yeah exactly yeah if you don't be nice someday this kid will do a terrible thing well, there are loads of kids that would do terrible things that I could be nice to, or give money to, and then they may not do terrible things. Yeah, how Turkey. nice do I have to be? Yeah, what? <laughs> like being nice is such a broad spectrum. Like, how involved in these people's lives do I have to get in order for things to be okay? If if you don't start being nice to the charity lady, she's going to stop believing in charity. Well, that's a her problem then. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's it's a low like, bar for caring about something. If, if someone not believing in charity is enough for you to not care about charity, then you were never going to stick it out anyway. Because another person is going to show up who goes, "I don't really think you're going to change much here." If that's enough for you to close the doors, you're going to close the doors. <laughs> if if you were out collecting money on the street for your homeless charity, and someone said, "Ah, oh, no, I don't, I don't think that's going to help," and you go, "Oh, oh, okay," damn, oh, I really thought it was going to help. I might just kick them all out then. Yeah. So no. Evan? Oh, okay. So I, we covered a lot of what I was going to say here. But what I will say is this movie had all the elements for something that could have been good. Great, even. Like, in theory, Bill Murray at the height yeah. of his career. A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah. But even like the extra elements, like the interesting parallels of having a production of Christmas Carol going on whilst you yourself are being Christmas Carol, I think could have led to something interesting. And then like trying not to look crazy whilst you like manage these ghosts fucking coming at you from everywhere whilst also doing a really high pressure job could be really fun. But the problem is Bill Murray goes too angry and too out there and too big through all of it that like there's no hiding it from anyone. It's just immediately like as soon as he's in the restaurant with his boss and that other guy, and he th thinks the ghost is coming soon and he loses his mind straight away. Kind of all the mystery is gone and you're not 
There's nothing to be surprised by, and it carries on like that. You're just waiting for the things you know happen in Christmas Carol to happen in this movie, and then they do, and it just adds nothing to what that story already does. So, no, this wasn't a good movie, but it could have been. They happen, but worse. What's not established in this movie is, is Ebenezer Scrooge still a fictional character? Or is this a retelling well, of yeah, a thing that they think the happened? Play. Yeah, but is it a retelling of a real story? Oh, maybe. But he mentions that Dickens exists, but the three ghosts have been doing this forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is mind-bending, yeah. It was <laughs> either a story that just happens to be true, or it was some sort of autobiographical account. I mean, speaking about that, I do think we have to give... We do have to give some credit to the director that, yes, he kept on shouting louder... <laughs> But he was talking to the ghosts that were there. They weren't speaking loud enough as they were taking him through his past, present and future while he was directing this well, you direction. Think Bill Murray couldn't hear the lessons he was trying to be taught because <laughs> he was too loud. <laughs> oh, Sam, what did you think of this? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, we've covered a lot of it already. Yeah. No. Not a good film. Not a good. Not a Christmas film, even. Not Despite even being so heavily Christmassy focused, <laughs> it doesn't feel like a Christmas film at all. It's not interesting. You know everything that's coming. The only one saving grace that I expected from this going in is I saw. Oh, but well, Bill Murray's in it, and I like Bill Murray. I think in stuff, don't I? And now I'm wondering: Do I actually like Bill Murray, or do enough people just say that? Bill Murray's good, then I assume he's good. So you think because Bill Murray is good, there was do you? Nothing. So you think <laughs> Bill Murray's good, do you? And I'm starting to question it, because he was just, I don't know, just really one note, and I, not all of that is on him. It was a big note. You, bad director, mm-hmm. all of that, but God, I did not like this film. Strike out, baby. <laughs> Sorry, every Merry Christmas. who loves Scrooge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone's listening to this, stop listening. Be with your family. Give to the homeless. Why are you listening to a podcast on Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic, boys. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you all for listening. Merry bloody Christmas. And join us again in the new year for, I believe, what will be January 1st. Yes, so that. Time's up well for a a new sort of themed month of New Year, New Me, where we'll be watching movies in which people were something and then were something else entirely. Oh, it's tenuous. (laughs) It is, and we'll be starting with Freaky Friday, where two people were one thing before, but then become the other thing. I can't wait. What a great plug for our next series. Is, was that the plot synopsis you're going to use at the beginning of that episode? Yes. Yeah. Well, until then, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, boys. Happy New Year. I will speak to you both soon and goodbye. Goodwill to all men. Oh, yeah, and leave us a five-star review. And Merry Christmas. <laughs>